0: Some of the most beautiful stories you will ever hear are found in documentaries. Discover, a vast library of riveting documentaries on Sundance Now Doc Club, a new premium streaming service for curated nonfiction content from the Peabody Award-winning original true crime series The Staircase, which I have watched and loved, to Oscar-award-winning films like Taxi to the Dark Side. Sundance Now Doc Club has an ever-growing library of critically acclaimed content available on web, mobile, Apple TV, and Roku Start streaming more beautiful stories now and get your free month at www.doclub.com slash beautiful. The URL on that, lowercase, man, beautiful in lowercase, you get in there, you get your free month, put it in lowercase, docclub.com slash beautiful. Oh, hi there, hello. You're listening to a show. I bet you're wondering who I am. My name's Chris Gethard and the show is called Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. One phone call one hour no names no holds barred
1: I'd rather go
2: I think it'll be more fun and I'll get to know you you get to know me
0: If you're like me you probably think about death every day at least once a day probably more I hope you're not like me I'm riddled with anxiety but It's a thing we have to think about, and this caller that we got, that you're you're about to hear a call from someone who experiences it from a totally different perspective, talking to this very good person. I got to ask a lot of questions that I've always wanted to ask, and hear about the world of, of medicine in a way I hadn't heard about it before, so enjoy this call. This young lady was a nurse who hadn't slept in close to 24 hours, let her guard down, let us know what her world was like, and I'm really glad she did. Thank you, caller, for being so honest, and I hope you enjoy
1: Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host.
0: Hello? Hey, this is Gethard. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm not so bad. I'm not so bad. Huh. Yeah.
2: Um, well, uh, I've been up all night.
0: <laughs> Why? Wait, how long? How long are we talking? What are you talking about you've been up all night?
2: Oh, I, uh, so I work overnight as a nurse. Oh, wow. I planned it.
0: <laughs> you did? Okay, so this is not but, uh, an unintentional. Okay.
2: Yeah. So uh, I woke up at like 3.30 p.m.
0: Uh-huh. yesterday. Okay.
2: Went to work. And then uh, I, like Saturday night, my coworkers and I had like a bad night. So we were like, Monday morning, we don't have to be back Monday night, so we're going to go and get mimosas. Uh-huh. So.
0: <laughs> wow. Can I ask, is it... Am I opening a can of worms if I ask what a bad night entails?
2: We had a patient who was acutely ill, and um, uh, we, we kind of knew that uh, like something was going to happen with him, and then he ended up having to go to the ICU. And then wow. um, we just didn't really have that much staff. Yeah. Kind of like a typical like I work as an inpatient nurse. Okay. It's not like the typical hospital story where you're like running around and you don't get a break till like maybe like four thirty or five AM.
0: <laughs> yeah. So in pa- just to walk you through it, because I'm vaguely aware of what that means. Um yeah. and, and I am aware of what that means, but I feel like there's specifics. Just draw what exactly is an inpatient nurse, just for my clarity.
2: Okay. Um so let's say uh, you go to the emergency room, right? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, we can't like acutely take care of your problem here. Um, So a doctor sees you and is like, okay, you're going to, you're going to be on like the third floor and you know, they send you up to, to stay overnight at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically like, or if you go in for a surgery, that's not like a day surgery. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, uh, like most patients know, like, especially on the floor that I'm on, like that they're probably going to stay in the hospital for, they mostly stay in there for about like five or six days.
0: Wow. So you're like, you're the eyes and ears on the ground as people get into these situations that are very, for them, for the patient is very scary and traumatic. And you're the people who are walking through that. Yeah. Wow. You're a good person. You're a much better person than most people I know.
2: It's hard, though. I don't know if I'm a good person. I don't know if I, I if I like doing it.
0: Really? How come?
2: Sometimes, yeah, I mean, like, for instance, like, uh, I just got to work. Uh, I got, you know, like, it's 7 p.m. Like, I, I arrive at work. Um, I get report on my patients. And then I find out that I'm in charge, which means that, like, I have to know about all the patients on the floor. Wow. Um, which is, like, a job in itself. And then I finally put my backpack down, like, 45 minutes after I get there. And, like, somebody's family member comes out, and they're like, oh, like, so-and-so messed up the bed. Uh, like, she's in the bathroom. Like, can you please help her? And I'm like, all right.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I and I feel bad because I'm, like, an anxious person person and I'm not very good at like hiding emotions
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah So
2: that poor patient's family members, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's
0: okay. I'll go. Is it family members? Is family members the biggest? Because I would imagine from your perspective, it's such a fascinating thing. Because I'm someone who doesn't spend time in a hospital. But to me, that means if I or someone in my family is in a hospital, it means that something that's really a huge deal in life is happening. But to you, that is your routine. Yeah. So I would imagine, are you just, you must be dealing with constantly frantic scared family all the time oh yeah is that the worst part like i know Uh, you're anonymous you're allowed to say it now is that like not to be cold is there times where mm -hmm. you're just like i just want this person's daughter to just pipe down is that like the hardest part of your job oh yeah yeah (laughs) and they don't (laughs) want to hear that they don't want to sense that at all
2: no no i think uh you know, I don't know. Let's say there's like 15 patients. Uh, I I'd say like four out of 15 have like family members who are always there, who are m- maybe causing more problems
0: than the patients. So, and you're being diplomatic because you you have to be and you're trained to be. But I can say so, 25 percent of the time. Your patients' families are just annoying the shit out of you. It's just a factor in your life, but yeah. you, And but you have to be also be understanding. They're they're, they're watching something happen to a loved one, and they got It's hard to just trust strangers, and it must be hard. Yeah. But that, but you said you don't know if that makes you a good person. You know you're a good person. You're allowed to have that thought, right? <laughs> you're allowed to be like, hey, like this person's uh, this person's sister is a real handful, and I wish she'd go away. While also recognizing the fact that you're still a good person.
2: Yeah. It's it's hard too when like um patients families like call. Yeah. Like overnight, you know, like I'm always kind of like uh if they leave at you know, at the beginning of the night, I'm like, Okay, I'm here all night and then I'm always like, Oh, they called like
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So there's like <laughs> I have to tell them like how how their family members' <laughs> night was.
0: It's a very <laughs> interesting thing to hear your perspective on this because usually Nurses have to keep the game face on. That's like 90% of it, I would imagine. I never hear a nurse talk personally about this at all because my dealing with <laughs> nurses is generally that something is happening to me or someone I love, and they got the game face on. This is I'm seeing a behind-the-scenes, you've been up almost 24 <laughs> oh, yeah. full hours. You're letting the guard down. No one knows who you are. You're letting us know that it's, on some level it's a gig, and you know, and it's yeah. on some level it's a gig, and people don't want to hear that. That the phone calls are part of the gig and they're a pain in your ass. Yeah. So what can I do? As someone on my end, what can I be doing to help you? Let's say, God forbid, a member of my family goes into the hospital. What are the things I should know about so that I don't just annoy the shit out of you? Because I want you on my side. That's <laughs> another thing people need to realize. I've read a lot of articles. I've yeah. read articles, actually, where people say your relationship with nurses. I've read this. I don't know if you would agree. I've read stuff that says your relationship with nurses in the hospital, far more important relationship than your relationship with your doctors. Far more, I've read. Is that true? Um,
2: I honestly don't know if that's true because oh, okay. uh, like, nurses change a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So obviously if I'm on like three nights in a row, I'm probably going to have the same patients. Yeah. And it's, and it's probably like a big chunk of their... Um, to stay at the hospital, most likely. Yeah. However, like your doctor, I don't know knows your plan. Although a lot of the doctors come in, like step one foot into the room, say you look great. Have you have you eaten yet? And then, like, have you passed gas? Bye.
0: Wow. And then I you guys got to deal with all. What, so what do I got to do? You tell me. First of all, how long have you been a nurse? Can I ask? yeah uh five and a half years five and a half years and is it you went to school you were driven to do this is it it sound again you've been up for almost twenty four hours and I'm inferring a lot based on your tone. Are you burnt on this is it is it not what you signed up for? I don't know yeah. i honestly so uh <laughs> I can hear it in your voice I can hear it in your voice but you <laughs> it sounds like you are currently shell shocked as well, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so I don't know i when I was like in the fifth or sixth grade, I got like obsessed with the show e r
1: uh-huh,
2: and I would like watch it like i would <laughs> i would tape it it was on like t n t for like yeah. two hours every weekday, yeah, and I would tape it. <laughs> And then I'd like, you know, like, I don't know, throughout the week or something, watch it. That's
0: amazing. I'm giggling. Like a
2: lot of, like binging before it's binging. Yeah, no, for
0: sure. I remember those days. I apologize for giggling, but it's most people when you hear about people who enter the medical industry, they're like, oh, well, you know, when my grandfather passed away, I thought things could have handled, been handled better. And it inspired me to be going and affect positive change. And you're just like, no, no, no. (laughs) No, I was down with Clooney. I was like down with Clooney. Thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah,
2: I love George Clooney. <laughs> like,
0: like I was really into the David Letterman show, and that's why I started trying to be a comedian. And for you, it's just like <laughs> you were a different channel, different time slot, but almost same thing.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh yeah,
2: so I, I, I really liked that show, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So I like volunteered at the local hospital. Yeah. And then I did. Um, like, I I liked volunteering there, um, and I liked, like, what nurses did. Yeah. And then I, I tried a couple—I realized that I couldn't do, uh, like, a job where I, like, sit in a cubicle. Yeah. Like, I'm not very motivated to do things like that. Like, I'm not self-motivated, so I need something practical to make me do things (laughs) and
0: what was it about the nurse when you saw the nurses in action and you said you liked it what was it that was what was pushing your buttons there
2: um i i think i felt like they were helping
0: yeah that's awesome yeah and how does it compare to the er experience like are the uh are the workplace dramas everything you dreamed of? You got any hot doctors there? You got the hot doctors? No. Not one hot doctor.
2: <laughs> Most of them are, like, married or...
0: Yeah. And I bet there's something. a lot more paperwork than ER showed I did you.
2: go on a date with a doctor. You went on a date with a doctor
0: from your hospital? Yes. Ooh, I like that. How'd that go? It was fine. We went to a concert. Not blown away.
2: <laughs> and then, like... You know, like you see him at like work events and stuff, but it didn't really, it didn't really go anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was the concert? Did he pick it?
2: Uh, I don't remember who picked it, but it was a band that I liked. It was like two bands that I really liked that were playing together. Who was it? Can I ask? I, I honestly
1: don't remember.
0: Wow. Look at that!
2: I've been to a lot of concerts, man. I don't know. So,
0: so this date, this guy, this doctor didn't play. Was he just trying to get by on the fact that he was a doctor? Is that like his whole game, dating wise? Was he just like, "I'm a doctor, I let them come to me"? And you were like, "I've seen enough, of you fucking not, doctors." Is, not come not really okay. I don't know why I just made him a bad uh, person. He was a
2: resident, mind. so he was kind
0: of learning. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. So again, yeah. I asked this before. I don't want to forget. What are like like what are the tips you have for me and anyone else out here there's the listening that's like you don't want don't say shit like this to your nurse, they'll get really mad at you, maybe think <laughs> about doing this will it'll be a real positive how do what do I do to not drive you nuts? How can I help you because you got the hard well, job. well
2: most hospitals have like you can tell where the nurse's station is, you can tell that there's like a desk that you probably shouldn't go behind mm hmm So, like, don't go behind that desk. Never. It's a little little open, but there's usually, like, something that tells you, like, okay, the people who work here sit there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. So if if somebody Um, goes behind that desk, they're on your shit list, for real. Oh, yeah. And how does it affect...
2: If you're trying to document something or... If you're on a computer, like most documentation's done on a computer now, yeah, it's like because you're trying to work, and if somebody comes behind you and is like, "Um, oh, excuse me, can I have like, <laughs> yeah, can I have like a towel?" <laughs> you're like,
0: "What?" <laughs> now, so, tell me this, and again, I might be there because to me. <laughs> My like you, you, you liked ER. Most of my knowledge, like I have, all these fantasies in my head about the drama yeah. of a daily hospital situation. Somebody becomes behind the nurses' station. You, yep. you're like, okay, all right, cousin Joe. You want to come back here? How does that affect things moving forward? Cousin Joe don't get that towel he's asking for, huh? How much revenge is involved? Oh, yeah. How much? So how much? Definitely- how much do you start fucking with people's families when they are annoying you? I don't want you to say anything <laughs> that's like. I'm not asking you to say if you've ever done anything criminal or anything uh, unprofessional. No, what I are the limits you can honestly, draw?
2: like we just kind of gossip about them. Oh,
0: well, you just talk <laughs> shit.
2: Like we're like, oh God, like yeah. they just won't leave me alone.
0: How quick do you know? Is it within hours? Is it within hours of a patient no, being admitted that no, you know they No, it's they're...
2: like within minutes of them coming in. Like really? How,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: like how they come in. Um, you know, if they... Honestly, if they walk in and they're like, I'm looking for so-and-so, like, which room are they in? You're like, oh, they're in this room, Mm -hmm. you go, and then they go in you're like, okay, they're, um, or if they're like, can can I have flowers here? Like, uh, the floor that I'm on, uh, we don't allow flowers, like fresh flowers.
0: Oh, wow. Do people get so mad?
2: (laughs) No, it's like more of like a, like, uh... Some people have trouble breathing.
0: Right. With, with, uh, like fresh flowers. That means, but I mean, like, if you tell, if you tell Aunt Trish she can't bring flowers around, does Aunt Trish sometimes get mad? Does she ever, does she blame you for that? These hospital policies that you didn't write? Oh, I don't think they do. Okay. I'm trying to create drama where there is none, clearly. Clearly.
2: <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. But I feel like, I feel like you can kind of read people. I, I think I'm trying to say you can kind of read people right away when they come on. Yeah. That they're going to be really, yeah. like, on your face. And then, um, yeah. Like, if you try to get into the patient's room and they're, like, in the way. hmm And they won't immediately get out of the way. Like, that's... Yeah. I, yeah, that's like on my shit list
0: too. Yeah, I get that cuz it's like you're you're already you're doing you're doing uh some of the most selfless work. You're already like cleaning a bedpan in some cases and this person won't even get out of the way to let you get to the bedpan. It's not ideal. Not yeah. ideal. <laughs> but I would say uh use the call light. Use the call light. Okay, this is interesting. Tell me yeah. what tell me about like this. In
2: the Yeah, in the patient's room there's like a button that they press if they need the nurse's help
0: uh-huh.
2: and it's one of those things where we we unless it's like if it's obviously an emergency if it's like he can't breathe like yeah <laughs> like come out and tell me right you can come in, nurse the station and tell me that right you can't breathe like <laughs> that's that's okay but if it's like his water is getting a little low can you you know, before he runs out, can you get more water? Like that's that's yeah. not something that you
0: need to come out and tell me about. Just put the light on. <laughs> let us do our jobs. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. So, what do you think? I mean, you're. It's tough for me to tell right now because you're very clearly physically exhausted. You told me that right out of the gate, and you're being very honest. And I thank you for that. this call. I'm really glad. I can't. I'm. I feel like there's a million questions I have for you, and I hope that's going to be okay. <laughs> tell me when I get annoying. But you tell me. No, so you, you're not annoying. You, you're physically exhausted right now, so it's hard for me to tell uh, how much are you are you enjoying the job? Are you glad that you do it? Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> so you're having a little bit of a crisis with this.
2: Yeah. I, well, I feel like I've had this crisis for probably like four years.
0: <laughs> Out of the five and a half years, so pretty quickly into your yeah. tenure as a nurse, you were like, Oh shit! What did I do?" Yeah. Okay.
2: But it's. It's mostly like hospital politics, too.
0: Interesting. So you still like the helping people? You still like the actual nursing? You just don't like the bureaucracy?
2: Yeah, I love the patients.
0: Uh huh. How's that? How? So what's, What are the elements of the? How does the bureaucracy work?
2: Uh. So the bureaucracy. is basically. Um, let's see. I'm in a union. Mm-hmm. Um. So, which is which is good. Yeah. But sometimes, like, um, the union seems like at odds with the hospital. Uh huh. Like, sometimes it feels like the hospital is, like, short staffing us on purpose. Okay. <laughs> or sometimes, like, it feels like, um, uh, like uh, the person who is in charge, um, like, 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 there's no, not enough nurses on. And so we have patients who should, like the nurse who has this patient, should only have one other patient. Like they're being tripled.
0: Wow. So then you're so in a position where a because of like... who's
2: like pretty, pretty sick, just got yeah. out of surgery. And they need like, you know, like if I have two other patients, that's like
0: much less time that I get to spend with them. Right. And, and observe them. So there's policies that at times mean you have to walk into a situation knowing you, there's now every every person you're dealing with is getting care that is below what you can offer them because of dumb policies you have nothing to do with. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah.
2: We uh, yeah, we recently had um a patient die like who had been like she was very uh well known to us and um like the nurse uh who took care of her overnight before she died like knew something was going on mm-hmm. like she was kind of like this is not this is not really going well but it, she was kind of status quo in the eyes of the doctors and then um you know like the the patient died and the patient's like family like blamed like like he didn't like get violent with the nurses, but he was like like really blaming us for what happened Wow, and the nurse overnight um that was one of those nights where she had two other patients and could she was just like if if I had known that this was her last if she, if this was her last night i I would have wanted to spend all my time with her yeah so It was like it's like it stinks when you can't uh, like spend the amount of time you need to with a patient.
0: Yeah, especially since you're the you're especially it's like it's it's a very fascinating thing to me as you say it out loud because it is there's elements of it where nurses are put in a position almost as if it's like a service industry where you're the public face of something that people go to. And people, yeah. so, people want to, people want to yell at somebody, and you're the ones who are there. And it's, uh, yeah. I would imagine it's got to be unfair. At times, it's got to feel really unfair. I think you're breaking up. I'm breaking up. I don't, I, how can I be breaking up? I'm on a fancy, I'm in a fancy studio with mics. Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not. Also on a cell phone somewhere. I mean, there's a real pro operation. You're a part of. Okay. <laughs> This is a real fancy studio right on 8th Avenue in Manhattan, New York, center of the world. You familiar with the center of the world, Manhattan, New York? It's in <laughs> <laughs> I was going to... Yeah, whatever. No, you Anyways, say whatever you want.
2: Uh, yeah, why was I blaming you? Anyways, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: so I, I like the patients. Um, you blame also, me much
0: like these uh, patients' families often unfairly blame you. Yes. She's on the other foot now, nurse. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I'm getting aggressive with you. You don't want to miss the rest of this conversation. You've made it this far. Don't walk away now. Look, we got to take a quick break. That's how the world works, okay? We'll be right back. If you love books but find that you never have time to read them, well, audible.com has the perfect solution. Get audiobooks and listen to those books you've been meaning to read while on the go at the gym during your commute. Audible.com provides over 250,000 titles from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Their app is free works on iPhones, iPad, Android, Windows Phone. You can also download and listen on your Kindle Fire and over 500 MP3 players. And unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your books. So you can access your books anytime and anywhere right from your smartphone. Audible.com also has the great listen guarantee. If you decide you don't like the book you chose, no worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime. No questions asked. I would say this. I just saw that they got Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil on there. I've read that book twice. I think I'll go read that again or rather listen to it because Audible.com makes it easy to do so. And just for listeners, Audible.com is offering a free 30-day trial membership. Go to Audible.com slash CG today to start your free trial today. That's Audible.com. Slash CG, like Chris Gethard, who is me, who you're listening to. Again, show your support for beautiful stories from anonymous people and get a free 30 day trial at audible.com slash CG. Today's episode of Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by FrameBridge. FrameBridge is the simple way to custom frame the story of your best experiences from your last vacation to your wedding day. You can easily upload photos online or mail them anything kids' art, maps, album covers, or handwritten notes, whatever you want. Their experts will frame it and send it back to you in days, fully ready to hang. Pricing starts at $39, a fraction of expensive frame stores. I can speak to that. I've recently been to framing stores that were far more expensive than that. I wish that I had this relationship with FrameBridge. Before that, all their shipping's free. You can even give a custom frame as a gift and they'll ship it straight to your friends and family within a few days. And remember... You got you, also, you got graduations coming up right now. You always have weddings in the summer, Father's Day. You got a lot of reasons to pay attention to this. If you lived it, Framebridge will frame it. Enter offer code Beautiful at checkout for 15% off your first Framebridge order at framebridge.com. Thank you, Framebridge. Okay, it's time to return to our call. She's on the other foot now, nurse. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I don't know why I'm getting aggressive with you,
2: <laughs> but uh I I was gonna oh yeah, so it's um I also work I actually rotate, so i work um I work fifty percent days and fifty percent nights
0: <laughs> oh, do you like one better than the other
2: um, I like n- nights more because it's quieter less but, family,
0: less um, family around oh yeah, yeah.
2: And um, yeah, I like nights. I like working nights more, but I like having worked days more. Right. So, so I like
0: live like a normal human having being a normal a
2: person bit. schedule. Yeah,
0: yeah. I get that. I get that. You guys it, sacrifice a lot.
2: Yeah. So it's like when I, when I first started working nights, I remember at like four a.m. My stomach would be like, "Why the? F- why are you awake?" Yeah. Like why you're supposed to be asleep, like I would have I would be nauseous, yeah, at like four a m, and then when the sun would come up, I'd be like delirious, and that i I'm still like delirious when the sun comes up
0: well i'm but, glad you um, I'm really glad you tried you called after a night shift because it means you're <laughs> delirious, and I can probably get you to overshare. In a way, that's great for me. That's great for me. You're
2: doing that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm into it. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Now, can I ask you... Okay. Uh Uh-huh. There's probably questions you get all the time. Are there any questions you don't want me to ask? Because I bet there's some that are just like, oh, God, that's annoying.
2: Oh, I don't don't know.
0: Okay, because I'm going to ask this one big one. You mentioned it. When you have a patient die, like you brought up that story... And it was like the, bureau- yeah. the bureaucratic nature of that was the thing that um, got to you, which tells me, as someone listening, like the actual death mm-hmm. is part of your routine. Death is now part of your routine. How does that affect? Like, what's your relation? Death to me is the most terrifying thing in the world. I think about it every day. Th- I'm 35 yeah. years old. Maybe about a year and a half ago, I started realizing, like, oh, there's you die. You die at some point. But you have you have a relationship yeah. much different than I- that I would imagine than than mine with that idea.
2: Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I do. We have, um, there are some patients that we get that we don't, there's uh, conversations that people should have with their families. Um, if, you know, like when, when, like my grandmother is in her late 80s and I'm trying to get my father to talk with her about her wishes, you know, like whether she wants if, if her heart stops or if she stops breathing, if she wants um, compressions, yeah, she wants to be brought back by heroic means, or if she wants to be, um, like, intubated, if she wants a tube put down her throat to help her breathe. Um, I personally think that most people who are older don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> And if they knew exactly what it was, then they would be like, no. And then people would die like more, I don't know, more comfortable.
0: A little more peace, a little more dignity, maybe?
2: Yeah. Um, but I have, um, I, I've worked two nursing jobs. The current job, I've, I've only had one patient die. Yeah. Like of mine. Yeah. Um, but I was just actually telling somebody last night, but. My previous job, I've probably had like 20 or 25 patients of mine, like, die.
0: Was that like more of an emergency room situation?
2: No. No, it was like, um, it was kind of like a similar floor, but our patient population was, um, older. Oh, okay. So more people had, um, you know, express their wishes. And I, I only had one person whom we like did compressions on and really, really, really tried to get them back. Yeah. Like of, of my patients.
0: And that's a brutal, that's a brutal thing. It sounds reading between the lines of what you said about compressions and intubation sounds like you're recommending, like it sounds like in your living will, you're going to say maybe let's not do that stuff having seen it. Yeah. Really not recommended.
2: Although um like a few nights ago we did, you know, um like intubate somebody. You know, there was somebody who was having trouble breathing. We did put, you know, a a, a tube down their throat and they're actually doing pretty well. Okay. So it's it's kind of like, you know, like everything in life, it's case by case.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's not yeah, it's, it's not pleasant. It's, These things aren't pleasant.
2: No. Um I actually had uh this is like when I was a new new nurse. I had a patient come in, she was on she was on hospice, uh, which is like if you know that you're going to die, mm-hmm. then um I, I think it's like if you have like less than six months to live. Then patients uh, can go on hospice, and the priority will be keeping the patient comfortable. Mm -hmm. So I received this patient from the um, ER, and I believe that she, like the visiting nurses, didn't think she was... um, I think she was here for pain control. I think it was that they didn't think she was comfortable. I, honestly, it was like five years ago. Sure. I don't really no, remember. yeah.
0: I believe me. You, you're but, like, oh, I'm missing details, and I meanwhile, I'm waiting on bated breath. <laughs> uh,
2: so, <laughs> I remember that her her oxygen level, like somebody with a, an oxygen level of a hundred percent, like, you know, they're breathing fine, and I remember her oxygen level was like ninety one percent. Yeah. And I took her vital signs and I was like, okay, that's fine. And I wrote it down. And then she was getting, um, she was getting a certain medication that was helping her. She couldn't take anything by mouth. So she needed like IVs. She needed the medication through her IV. So um, I remember thinking that she was um, agitated or a little bit anxious. So I, I gave her that medication IV and then you know, I was talking to an older nurse and the older nurse was like, we can't give that medication IV here. We can only give it in case of a seizure. So you have to call like the nursing supervisor and then fill out a safety report. And I was like, Oh no, I, I screwed everything up. (laughs) So meanwhile, like I was thinking about that. And then I was rechecking her orders and they were like, call MD. If her um, pulse oximetry was 90 is, is less than 93%. So I was like, oh no, it was ninety-one percent. Which now I would be like, oh whatever, like <laughs> but I was like, oh no, ninety-one percent. And I um and I went into her room and I put her on the monitor and it was ninety-one percent, it was eighty-eight percent, it was eighty-five percent, it was eighty four percent, and I I ran out of the room and got like an older nurse. And the older nurse grabs a, um, just like a, like a non rebreather just like a a mask that'll uh, administer like a large amount of oxygen. And, you know, uh, we both went into the room and her, she had already kind of expressed her wishes. Like she, the uh, DNR, DNI, she didn't want compressions. She didn't really want anything. She couldn't even really talk um, at that point. So um, I went in with the older nurse, and I just kept seeing the numbers going down. And I, I remember just freaking out, like, like seeing them go, go down. And the older nurse was just like, it's okay. Like, this is, this is you know, what, what happens. And I remember just before the patient died, she, she smiled, like, at us. Wow. She, well, maybe not at us, but she smiled. And it was like really, like I'll never ever forget that because she must have been in a lot of pain. Like a lot of pain. Yeah. And then that pain kind of just went away.
0: Was that the first time one of your patients passed away?
2: <sighs> I think it was. Yeah.
0: Wow, I think it was so when you see someone smile as they die,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that must that must reshape your brain in certain ways, right Does that just start to change yeah. your opinions like like how so how 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 like what is how how are you different when it comes to this stuff than I am? I know that's kind of a vague question, but <laughs> what do you know about death that that I don't you know what I mean what are your opinions I, on it?
2: Nothing. I don't know. I'm still scared of it. And
1: I'm still like...
2: Really? I don't know. Uh, with with that particular one, I was convinced that I killed her because... Really? ...for that medication that I, like, apparently wasn't supposed to give her. Wow. But, uh, like, since, you know, that was... Like, I had only been working for six months, so I was, like, very anxious about that. Yeah. But, um,
0: and do you have to sit down
2: to the older nurse? It was like very reassuring. She was just like, no, like she needed that medication. She was getting that medication at home. Yeah. You know, like,
0: so how long, how long does it affect you? Like how long, how long do you sit and wonder if, if that person died because of your, your action? How long does that stay in your head?
2: Oh, I think like, all the time, probably for, probably for like a day. Wow. Like I was convinced that my boss was going to call me and I would have to go in and testify or something. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was like wow. Really anxious about that, but um, but the older nurse was like, "No, this was, you know, this was like her time to go." But what I've seen with people when they die it's it's um sometimes the family member leaves for 5 seconds and then and then the patient dies that's happened probably like
0: like 3 times wow so you think people just yeah. don't want their relatives to have to see that but then they just opt out at that point yeah So that's a thing you, you, so from the nurse perspective, you can say there is a certain level to which you are hanging on and you can let go and you've seen it happen.
2: Yeah. Wow. Some people wait. I feel like some people wait for their loved ones to leave.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. So that smile, when that woman smiled, you said this was a woman who could barely speak at that point. Did you? Mm-hmm. So you felt like it was a conscious recognition of what was happening. Yes. And it was and well.
2: I felt like she was. Ha- yeah, I felt like she was having a lot of pain, and the pain went away. Yeah. But but she was like, um, I, I think she had only been on my floor for like forty five minutes. Wow. And it was like I hadn't heard her say anything. I hadn't even. She hadn't even like acknowledged that I was in the room. Yeah, um, which is like not uncommon. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I felt like <laughs> it took a lot of effort for her to smile, and maybe not much effort at all. I I don't know. Wow, I've never I I never really heard of like a patient smiling before they.
0: Past. Really? So this is not. Like before I saw. Yeah. This is not some nurse secret that you guys all know about that we don't. This was an anomaly to see someone break out and grin as they die.
2: We do have our own, like, we, we do have, like, dark humor around death sometimes,
0: but. Yeah, I would. Imagine, uh, I would imagine. Are there jokes you guys make that would offend everyone, knowing that nurses make them? Or is it just like? Uh, but you just have to, right? You have to make jokes at some point, or else you all go insane. But there are there things that are said where if anyone knew these things were being said about patients and their family members, that they'd be completely horrified. Well, uh, the the only one that I can think of right now is like, uh,
2: I. I had a like another patient whom like we knew would die soon and <laughs> we had a like a, a person sitting with him so one of our staff was sitting with him to make sure that he didn't like you know try to climb out of bed or fall out of bed or like he was safe mm-hmm. and he was like kind of reaching for something that you know none of us could see and the person sitting with him who had been probably working in this field for like 30 years was like he's he's climbing, he's climbing to heaven
1: wow he's climbing to heaven <laughs> <laughs>
2: but like not not like in a really religious way she was just like
0: let's go like <laughs> yeah so that, um, when you say that you guys knew this person was going to die, does that mean this person is aware that they're going to die? Is this a thing that people understand? Um, I'm not entirely sure where this conversation is going. You don't know either. Got a short break. We'll find out where it's going when we come back. Everybody knows. Sometimes you gotta mail stuff. You gotta get your shipping done, and it can it can seem like a real no win situation. You go you go there with a bunch of packages. Everybody looks at you and rolls their eyes and gets mad because you're gonna take so long. Look, going to the post office it's it's socially it, it can be stressful. It takes up a lot of time. Leasing a postage meter it's expensive with multi year commitments, hidden fees. Luckily. I know a better way, stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package right from your desk. You use your own computer, your own printer. You even get special postage discounts you cannot find at the post office. Plus, stamps.com, it's more powerful than a postage meter at just a fraction of the cost. You save at least 50% compared to a postage meter, and you can avoid all those, all those nerve-wracking trips to the post office. I highly recommend it. It makes life so much simpler, so much easier. And right now, sign up for stamps.com and use my promo code BEAUTIFUL for this special offer. Four-week trial plus $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. You got to use that code, okay? Don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BEAUTIFUL. That's stamps.com. Enter BEAUTIFUL. Happy to report. It's time to return to our call.
2: Not like in a really religious way. She was just like, let's go. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. So um, that, when you say that you guys knew this person was going to die, does that mean this person is aware that they're going to die? Is this a thing that people understand?
2: Um, some people, yeah, most people are aware. Most people say, um, like if I have a patient... Tell me, like I'm gonna die. You know, I feel like I'm gonna die. I'm not like, oh, you're not gonna die,
0: <laughs> right? That conversation is very different for you than, like, if my if my wife has a <laughs> migraine and she's like, oh, I feel like I'm dying. I'm, I, my instinct, is, you, you can't just, uh, you have to take that at face value way more than I do. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, I feel. <laughs> If someone says, I I don't know, I'm trying to think of the wording. Like, I feel like I'm dying. People don't usually say that, like, in the hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was trying to, like, think of, like, the wording, but I would feel like, like, even people who are in, like, a lot of pain don't say that. I feel like it's a little too
0: close. Yeah, they chill out with that. Can I ask a very yeah. callous question? You don't have to answer this, but just a cold-hearted question. So, like, when yeah. you say you're, when you say this other nurse was like reaching to heaven, is there any any part of you guys where you're like? And again, this is just cold, but I feel like I'm not saying this in a way of judgment. I don't think anybody listening would judge it if it is the case, because it is it's the nature of your job, and it's really mm-hmm. incredible to me that you're sharing. But like, is there any ever any point where you have a patient who's dying, who's like in the process of dying, and it's just taking a while? Where you're like, I I have to get home. Like for me, like I'm a comedian, and sometimes it'll be like, oh, someone really famous dropped in, and they, oh, and, yeah. and they went thirty five minutes, and I, I just want to get home. Is there any part of you that's like, come, come on, die, like so I can fill out the paperwork and go home? Like, does it get to that point? Well,
2: I think the I think the worst part of, of this is like, we do go home, like you know, if they're kind of. On their way, and it's you know seven in the morning. You have to you know give report on that patient and leave.
0: You clock out. (laughs) You clock out. Yeah, you clock out. No, no, oh no, that's even worse than cold jokes than 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 what I meant. So that's policy. So there's (laughs) points where you're like, this person is probably you can look at a person. You're you're five years in. You know, there's people in your lives where you're like, this person's dead within eleven minutes, but I gotta go and you leave.
2: You don't know how soon it's going to be.
0: You can't so. tell. There's no way to tell that.
2: No, you okay. don't know how soon it's going to be. It, so it's kind of like,
1: <laughs> like
2: usually they have family members there. It's not like you're like, see ya, like right. You're not like. You're not like I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> like I'm going to go get a coffee, and I'm going to go like you know. You're not like
0: <laughs> yeah. So like you said, like at the time you said you and some of your coworkers went out and got like mojitos or whatever. This wasn't like you were like, yeah. and punch the card, see you tomorrow, or yeah. probably not. I'm gonna go get a mojito. It's not like that. But do you have no. have you ever had a situation where you clock out for the day and when you come back you are shocked there is someone who is still breathing? Uh yeah. Wow. Yeah. And how do you uh, react to that? Are you like, all right, good on you?
2: So I'm like, yeah. Because it's kind of like I feel like they're still kind of suffering like yeah. a little do you know what I mean? If, yeah. If they're that close.
1: Let's get and to honestly,
2: it. And honestly kinda wish it would happen not on your time.
1: Yeah. I would there's imagine. like a
2: there's like a, like a stupid nurse saying that's like keep them alive until seven oh five.
0: Wow. <laughs> like, wow. And then when you clock
2: out like like
0: anything goes. Clock them, keep them alive till seven o five. That's cold. That's some cold nurse <laughs> shit right there. Now wait, is that? Yeah. yeah. And what is that? Is that because of, what is it because of the emotional impact? Is it because of the paperwork? Let's get honest here. Um. It's more the paperwork, isn't I it? I think
2: it's. I think it's emotionally. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think like. In the callous way of the saying, it's probably more about the paperwork.
1: Uh huh. It sounds the like things it.
2: Things <laughs> that you have to do, like after a patient dies, like you have to summon a doctor from wherever they hide, and <laughs> you have to like <laughs> have them pronounce the patient, and then you have to you have to find the death certificate for the doctor, Ooh. and then you have. <laughs> this is like, I mean, I haven't had a patient die in, like, maybe a year or two. Oh,
0: that's great.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's luck.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: so but, you're not touting uh,
0: this I, as, I, like, your superior nursing skills. You're not saying, like, no, no I'm the best. No,
2: it's all luck.
0: It's just we, timing. We,
2: taught, we have a thing, it's like, if you're a shit magnet, like, you have a lot of, you know how like, the, the saying, like, death comes in threes? Uh-huh. We like I don't know. I kind of believe that. I, I believe that like if you have a patient die, like you'll probably you'll probably have another one die on you in like three weeks. Wow! <laughs> I don't know. I kind of just think that it's like you you're the shit magnet. You
0: have like that cloud over you. <laughs> the shit magnet. That's a bad nickname to earn on the floor. The sh- you're the shit magnet yeah. lately. So let me ask you hey, this. Oh yeah, I, what's up?
2: I, I've never been the shit magnet yet.
0: Oh, good, good on you. Look at that. You're the shit repellent. I like that. I'm the shit, I'm the shit repellent. Yeah. Now you. For, it sounds like the the red tape gives you a lot of headaches. It sounds annoying. The union versus the hospital stuff annoying. Also sounds like you're good at this job. Sounds like when it comes down to the actual job, you like it. But you have said there's mm-hmm. frustrations. Have you thought about if you weren't if you weren't a nurse? Is there something else? You'd be doing?
1: I
2: honestly have no idea what else I'd do. Yeah. Because like I need to do something practical. I maybe like something in law.
0: Oh, the I other the other super well, hard thing to do. The other hard yeah. the other hardest thing to do. <laughs>
2: yeah. But <laughs> I've never like seriously looked into it at all. I've <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like John Hodgman, I heard him like on a podcast say, like, if your occupation is not in a Richard Scary book, I have like no idea what you do.
0: Yeah. You so, got like, 15 minutes like, my left. My just so you know, 15 minute this. warning on the call. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> 15 minutes left. Yeah. You're like, so I might move from medicine to law after that. Maybe uh rocket science after that. Maybe I'll just build buildings. Maybe <clears> only hard stuff. You only want hard stuff. You want difficult things.
2: No, I, I mean, I I really like comedy, but I'm not like, I don't really think that I can do it. Okay. Like I use comedy as like, like I took improv classes for like stress relief, basically.
0: Yeah. I would imagine you need to find stress relief. I would imagine a nurse, a hospice nurse, you guys are constantly <laughs> finding. Are there, are there, is there a lot of drinking in that world? Or is there drug use or is it you got to be on your game too much? Does it ever, oh, do you ever see people get, no, like... No, there's,
2: I mean, I, I guess drug use is, like, prevalent amongst nurses. Um, I've never personally worked with somebody who's, whom I've heard has, like, later been accused of using What kind narcotics. of drugs?
0: What kind of drugs are the popular nurse drugs?
2: It's oh, like, like, IV drugs.
0: What? Like, uh,
2: fentanyl and... Um, what? Dilaudid and, yeah. Oh.
0: Hold on. I thought you were going to say, like, Adderall so you can stay up all night. No. You're saying there's nurses in this world who get so stressed out, they just, like, sneak that IV into their own arm and give themselves, like, the Michael Jackson drugs? Yeah. Is that to be able to sleep Michael, at night? Michael
2: Jackson uses propofol, by the
0: way. Oh, sorry. I'm, so, oh, I'm sorry. You actually say that. You don't have- you actually say Michael Jackson drugs amongst yourselves? Sometimes. Look yeah. at that. I'm nailing it. I'm, I'm getting inside. You're, you're, you're revealing this. You're revealing your mindset to the world so much that I'm now existing within the world of a nurse. Wait. So this is a becoming a thing because I've not heard about this. I don't think many people have. Nurses are now – they're abusing the IV drugs. Is that what? Is that to deal with the PTSD oh. or is it just fucking fun?
2: I don't know. That's been going on for a long time, but I've like never personally – Come across it at all? Do you know what I mean? I've never
0: yeah. what heard do you, of it.
2: Like I've never seen anybody. We call it diverting. I've never seen anybody like divert. So that's medication. the industry term
0: of like that nurse has been diverting. Yeah. And that, what are these? Dr- what types of drugs These drugs you just named. They're they're like uh, anesthesia, right?
2: Yeah, it's like a narcotic. It's kind of like heroin. Wow. Yeah. Wow, heroin. Heroin's cheap enough. Like,
0: well, that's how it goes, right? Uh, Isn't that the way? That's how it goes a lot others. lately. Yeah. <laughs> so there are nurses, and and is it? I, I guess it's just some people are prone to drug abuse. Do you feel? Is there like a PTSD element, though? Is there an element of?
2: I think so, and nurses hurt their backs a lot.
0: Interesting. So sometimes it's yeah, that like, simple. That's patients. So, and, so much standing, so much lifting, so much walking, you're in pain. maybe I'll slip mm-hmm. myself a little of this what is it? Dil- dilated dited Dilated. you slip yourself a little, yeah. slip yourself a little of that, and then uh down the rabbit hole, you go, yeah, well, I hope you never do that,
2: oh God, no, I have too many no <laughs> wow, i like I was just like I have. You know, too many issues with myself to okay. put drugs into the mix.
0: Oh, that's interesting. What does that mean?
2: I'm very like anxious all the time. Um, like, a, um, like I come home and I don't feel like doing anything, like cleaning or anything. I have a lot of spare time. I work like twelve-hour shifts three times a week. Yeah. So there's like. A lot of time where I'm alone, then I'm like, I should be doing something, but I don't really want to do something. Right. Because no one's here. And,
0: but I mean, I, I would have to think you earn a little bit of, of uh, time to just decompress and do nothing. I also think it's fascinating that you, uh, you have now described yourself at least two or three times as a, an, a very anxious person. I, oh, yeah. It seems like such a uh, specific choice to put yourself right in the face of death. That seems like if you go into nursing as an anxious person. This seems like I'm an anxious person and I'm not I'm not looking to be around people who die on a regular basis. Oh yeah. It seems like there's some is there some psychological self-punishment going into that? Um or is you facing the fears? What is this?
2: I don't know. I don't I don't I don't specific I don't think about like myself dying that much. Really? When I was little, I used to have panic attacks and I thought that
0: I would die. But At least once a day, I have the thought, my heart is a piece of muscle and at one point it will stop beating. It'll just stop. It just doesn't, isn't going to work forever. Every day. mm. I never see anybody die.
2: Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. I feel like sometimes uh, you see death and you're like, this is really what should happen with this person at this time
1: Yeah
2: You know what I mean It's like sure. this is this person's time Yeah I think though that um, I I kind of joke that I get all my news From my patients Like sometimes I go into their rooms And like the the news is on And I kind of watch it Like while I give them medications <laughs> And like locally There was a girl who was just driving And something just fell onto her car and she just died. Wow. Like something from like a tunnel or something like that. And I was, that messed me up more than like thinking about patients who are sick. Yeah. Dying.
0: That's like some final
2: destination shit right there. That's like, (laughs) that's
0: like you are there. This is here. This is going to kill you. (laughs) So wait, what does make you anxious? You say you're such an anxious person. What does make you anxious then?
2: I don't know. I feel like I'm not um, smart enough. I feel like I'm not um, using my time wisely. I feel like I'm not good with my money. I feel like people don't like me.
0: Wow. Because you sound like like a heroic person who helps a lot of people. (laughs) What are you spending all this money on if you're not good with the money? Oh,
2: I went to Los Angeles last week.
0: Okay what did you do out there? Oh. Saw a bunch of comedy stuff? Oh, yeah. That's a good use of oh, money. Great for you, but... Huh? That's a good use of your money? You don't think so? Yeah. It's better than spending on oh, underground oh. dilated uh, and cockfights. I thought you were going to say something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to Washington, D.C., like, in a few
0: days with some friends and it's going to be fun. That sounds like great things to spend your money on. What are you talking about? You beating yourself up over all this stuff. You you ease people's suffering. You do better. You say you like comedy so much. Guess what? Comedians are bad people. Comedians are (laughs) shitty, self-centered narcissists. They're bad people. You're a good person. You do good things. You help people. Comedians are awful. I don't think you're awful. I'm pretty awful. No, you're not. I'm good for a comedian, but I'm still a fucking narcissist who names everything <laughs> after myself, puts my face on anything I can get it on. I'm terrible.
2: I've seen you. I saw you at ASCAT and at Fit, like part uh, of oh, yeah. the Del Close Marathon.
0: Okay, yeah, so you're a comedy nerd. Okay. I thought you
2: were funny, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm funny. I'll take that. I'm funny. I'd like to think I'm funny after 15 years of doing <laughs> this, but it doesn't mean you're a better person than I am. I make people laugh. Who cares? And then I go on <laughs> auditions. Who cares? You can ease, ease suffering and pain. Get people to the <laughs> doorstep of death in a way that has dignity. You're sitting here worried about if you're a good enough person. You're better than most people. Everyone listening agrees. You're. I bet I bet in the Earwolf forums right now, I bet we can start a poll. Is the person from this episode better than I am? And everyone will answer yes. You're a good person. I don't- I think I am. You're a very good person, <laughs> just based on the nature. Just the fact that you're a nurse, let alone you're not one of these nurses that's doing back alley anesthesia deals. You're a good person. <laughs> you're a great person. Why aren't you a good person? I don't know. You got no reasons. Know. You can't give me three reasons.
2: Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, yeah, like the, the patient's family came out and was like, hey, can you clean this up? And I'm just like... <sighs> Can I just put my lean cuisine in the freezer?
0: <laughs> you gotta eat. A nurse gotta eat. I know. <laughs> Can I just do this? <laughs> you were gonna get to like, it's it.
2: Very, it's very embarrassing for people to to like uh, to have a you know to have a bowel movement where they're not supposed to have a bowel movement.
0: Yeah, I, if anybody I mean, gets that, it's, it's kind me. Kind of
2: like. I just need to put my food in, I get, in the coldness. Like, it's kind
0: of like... Yeah, I've heard Mother Teresa was a real rotten apple. I've heard Mother <laughs> Teresa was a pain in the ass. She still helped lepers, right? She still helped a lot of lepers. Harold, I think,
2: is that what she did? I don't know. I, think
0: so. I don't know. I'm not educated. I don't know. I, I'm not that smart. I just have glasses.
2: <laughs> I remember you had glasses.
0: I do. I have glasses. So what... Because this, this you're a good, first of all, you're a good person. You've spent a half decade of, if you quit being a nurse tomorrow and just did selfish stuff, you would still have spent a half decade doing something for society and for the world that most people don't have the backbone to do, myself included. So thank you. And I'm telling you from my perspective, only knowing, I don't know anything about you. I don't know where you live. I don't know what your family's like. I don't know any of it. From my perspective, very good person I'm dealing with very good person better, better than most people i get to speak to so thank you for that
2: <laughs> well i suppose you're welcome
0: so what do you think happens uh to go take it back to death the real you know yes. the real money maker on this uh this podcast yeah. so the downloads are coming see i'm terrible i'm awful what do you think <laughs> happens after you die do you get a sense this have you ever seen someone who passed away momentarily and then came back do you see um, that um
2: So, I don't think so.
0: What do you, you think afterlife? People don't
2: look the same after they die.
0: Yeah, you see a physical change.
2: People look really fake after. Do you know what I mean? They look like a mannequin.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: So you kind of know. Yeah. They don't look like them.
0: You believe in the afterlife? Uh, you think we just? Uh, you think it's just? Uh, no.
2: I really, really want to believe
0: in one. So you don't, that sounds like you don't.
2: I, don't. I don't think I do.
0: Wow. Just lump, just bone and just bone and just a bag of bones at that point. Yeah. Wow. So you better get it I done. Don't,
2: I don't think I do
1: believe in an
0: afterlife. Well,
1: I mean, then it's good. It doesn't
0: matter if you're a good person or not, then. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's good. That's, bright, it, that's the bright side.
2: I certainly don't, like personally, I don't think it matters what, religion you follow yeah I I like personally don't don't think it matters if you like lived your life doing what you, you know like according to your own code of morals and you feel good at the end of your life then I don't know then you cease to exist I don't know I don't, oh, don't
0: know what just cease, it just turns <laughs> off we got about yeah. two minutes left just so you know it will cut off when yeah. Yeah, when it hits the buzzer you'll hear it um so what do you think what should we what do you want what do you want to say on the end of this cuz i do fear i feel like this is, first of all really fascinating a lot of questions i've always wanted to ask interesting hearing <laughs> that you guys have dark jokes behind the veil that some nurses are in there yeah. getting all jacked up on drugs i like hearing about that what do we say how do we leave these people without just the taste of death in their mouth since it's become so much about the, about that my, my apologies <laughs> Where do we? How do we? How do we end this thing? What do I need to know? What do I need to know about you? Your life? Anything you've brought up or or haven't brought up so far?
2: Um, I think that people are much more understanding than you think they're going to be. Wow. Regarding uh, like when we had a situation with a patient, I just you know wasn't able to talk with my other patients for like an hour or two. Then I went in and they were like, "I'm in a lot of pain," and I'm just like, "Oh, sorry, we had an emergency situation." They're like, "Oh, okay." You know, like people are, people understand more than you think they're going to.
0: Yeah. That's good. So that's a positive. Tell
2: people the truth and be sincere.
0: Tell people the truth and be sincere. I think that's great advice when it comes to both uh, life and the impending death that you face so often. (laughs) Well, it was nice talking to you, Chris. It's really nice talking to you, too. I really thank you for everything you do. I want to reiterate that I think you're a really good person, and it breaks my heart to hear you say that you have doubts about that because almost no one would do what you do. So thank you for that. All right. Thank you. And get some sleep. God damn, why did you just waste a whole hour on the phone with me? You you should be sleeping. I don't know. Absolutely, you should be sleeping, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: I want to thank that caller. I hope she's getting some sleep and I hope she feels very good about what she offers to the world. I think we'd all agree with that. Also, I haven't made my living will yet, so let's let this be official just based on the very little she said about it. No compressions, no tubes for this guy, all right? Somebody play this for the doctors if shit goes down with me. She did not sound psyched about those processes, so thank her. I want to thank you for letting me know about that. I want to thank her for for uh, sharing so much. And I want to thank Shell Shag for the intro music. I want to thank the Reverend John DeLore. I want to thank Greta Cohn for turning my rambly phone calls into actual things that could be considered podcasts. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you like this show, please subscribe, rate it, review it on iTunes. That stuff helps a lot more than you know. If you want to meet me if I'm ever out in the world, chrisgeth.com is where you can find the touring dates if that's to happen. Thechrisgethershow.com if you want to follow my TV show. And that is that. Thank you so much for checking out the show. See you next time. Thank you again so much, FrameBridge, for sponsoring today's podcast. And remember, if you lived it, FrameBridge will frame it. Vacation photos, album covers, handwritten notes, whatever you want. They'll frame it up. Get it going. You can easily upload anything online. They'll frame it. Send it back in days. Enter offer code beautiful at checkout for 15% off your first FrameBridge order at framebridge.com. Now, you might you might be thinking about coming back or maybe not coming back to this podcast, but I'm going to tease you. I'm going to give you a little bit. Here's what you might hear next time.
2: I, I've literally said there her the last time that we talked, and by talking about it, I mean, I said some stuff. I cried, and just it was unresolved. Um, I could tell she felt bad. You know, she, like, put her arm around me or whatever, which is another thing. It's just, like, I felt like I was crying to, like, my dad
0: when I was a little kid. You know, like, put his arm around me. She kind of gave you a bro move. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, it was kind of like a, yeah, come on, buddy. Next time on Beautiful Beautiful Anonymous.
1: Hi, everybody. This is David Gregory, and I want to tell you about my new podcast, The David Gregory Show. It is that easy to remember. And it's me talking to all sorts of really interesting people, getting them off their regular script into deeper, more personal conversations like Ariana Huffington about parenthood. I think especially for mothers, they take the baby out and they put the guilt in. Or Bravo TV's Andy Cohen on being less afraid.
0: Look, I'm a single gay dude on a late-night talk show. If I can't overshare, who can?
1: We'll have a new program every Friday, so go to iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast app and download The David Gregory Show and eavesdrop on really cool conversations. Thanks for listening.